Hello, and welcome to the Happily Ever After podcast. My name is Mason Sontag, as always, and I will be your storyteller for today. Now, today is a very special day because it is the last episode of our foray into Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. We will finally figure out what happens to Kay, what happens to Gerda, what happens to the Snow Queen. And, you know, I think we should just get started. However, before we do, I want to acknowledge that I'm currently recording this podcast in Ithaca, New York, which is part of the traditional homeland of the Cayuga Nation and the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. All right. Ready? Let's go. The Snow Queen's Palace Gerda walked up to the Snow Queen's palace and looked up. The walls were made of whirling snow, and its windows and doors of biting winds. There were more than a hundred halls, formed as the snow drifted, the largest stretching many miles, all of them lit by the brightest northern lights. They were very large, very empty, icy cold, and gleaming. There was never any form of gaiety here. Not even a little bear ball, where a gale could blow, and the polar bears walk on their hind legs and put on airs and graces. Never a small card party with slaps and blows to the mouth, never the slightest signs of a coffee party of the young white fox ladies. Everything was empty, large, and cold in the halls of the Snow Queen. The northern lights gleamed so precisely that one could tell when they were turned right up and when they were screwed right down. In the very middle of the empty, endless snow hall, there was a frozen lake. It had cracked into a thousand pieces, but each piece resembled the next one completely, so it fit together perfectly. In the middle of it, the Snow Queen sat when at home. And then she said that she sat in a mirror of reason, and that this was the only and best thing in the world. Little Kay was quite blue with cold. But he didn't notice it even so, for, remember, she had kissed the shiver of cold off him, and his heart was practically a lump of ice. He was dragging some sharp, flat pieces of ice around with him, which he combined in all sorts of ways, for he wanted to make something out of them. Kay was also trying to make figures. The most ingenious of all, it was the ice game of reason. To his eyes, the figures were quite excellent, and of the utmost importance. It was the speck of glass in his eye that made him see things like that. He composed whole figures, which were a written word, but he never succeeded in forming the exact word that he wanted, the word eternity. And the Snow Queen had said, If you can make that word out for me, you shall be your own master, and I will make you a present of the entire world and a pair of new skates but he was unable to. Now, I'm going to swish off to the warm countries, the Snow Queen said. I want to look down into the black cauldrons. These were the five spewing mountains of Etna and Vesuvius, as they are called. I'm going to make them a little bit colder. And off flew the Snow Queen, and Kay sat all on his own in the many mile-long empty ice hall and looked at the pieces of ice and racked his brains till they creaked. He sat there stiff and still, and he looked as if he had frozen half to death. 
It was at this moment that little Gerda entered the palace through the great gate made of biting winds. But she sang a little song, and the winds lay down as if they wanted to sleep. She entered the large, empty, cold halls. Then she caught sight of Kay, knew him, threw her arms round his neck, held him tight, and called out, Kay, dear little Kay, at last I've found you. But he sat there quite still, stiff and cold. Then little Gerda cried hot tears, and they fell on his chest. The tears managed to enter his heart, and they thawed out the lump of ice and consumed the tiny fragment of the mirror inside. He looked at her, and then she sang a little song that he knew very well. The roses are in blossom in the vale. And there my dear friend sits, without fail. Then Kay burst into tears. He wept so hard that the speck from the mirror rolled out of his eye. And he knew her and cried out joyously, Gerda, dear little Gerda, where have you been all this time? And where have I been? And he looked around him. (sighs) How cold it is here. How empty, and how huge it is here. And he held on tight to Gerda, and she laughed and cried with joy. It was so wonderful that even the pieces of ice danced around with joy, and when they were tired and laid down, they formed precisely the combination of letters the Snow Queen had said he was to try to find. So now he was his own master, and she would have to make him a present of the entire world, and a pair of new skates. And Gerda kissed his cheeks, and they started to bloom. She kissed his eyes, and they shone like hers. She kissed his hands and feet, and he was strong and healthy. It made no difference if the Snow Queen returned home. His charter of freedom stood written there in gleaming pieces of ice. So they took each other by the hand and walked out of the large palace. They talked about Grandmother and about the roses up on the roof, And wherever they walked, the winds died down, and the sun came out. And when they reached the bush with the red berries, the reindeer was standing there waiting for them. It had another young reindeer with it, with a full udder, and it gave the young ones its warm milk and kissed them on the lips. Then they carried Kay and Gerda first to the Finnmark woman, where they warmed themselves in her hot living room and were given directions for their journey home. Then on to the lap woman, who had sewn new clothes for them and got her sleigh ready. The reindeer and the young reindeer ran alongside and followed them right to the border of the country, where the first green signs of spring could be seen. There, Gerda and Kay said goodbye to the reindeer and the lap woman. Goodbye, they all said to each other. The first small birds of spring started to chirp. The forest had light green buds and out of it, on a magnificent horse, which Gerda knew it had been hitched to the golden carriage, came a young girl with a shining red cap on her head and holding pistols in front of her. It was the little robber girl, who was bored with being at home, and wanted to head northwards first, and then in a different direction if that didn't please her. She knew Gerda immediately, and Gerda knew her, and there was great happiness. Terrifying fellow to go traipsing around, she said to little Kay. I wonder if you're worth running to the ends of the world for. 
but Gerda patted her on the cheek and asked about the prince and princess. They've left for a bride, the little robber girl said. But the crow, little Gerda said. The crow went with them, she answered, and so did his little sweetheart. But tell me how things have gone for you and how you managed to get a hold of him. And both Gerda and Kay told her. And snip, snap, Clover's song is over, the robber girl said, took them both by the hand, and promised that if she ever happened to pass by their city, she would come up and pay them a visit. Then she rode off into the great wide world. But Kay and Gerda walked hand in hand, and as they walked along, they realized it was a wonderful spring with flowers and greenness everywhere. The church bells rang, and they knew the tall towers, the great city, that was where they lived. And they entered it and went to Grandmother's door, up the stairs, into the living room, where everything stood just as before. The clock said, Tick, tock, and the hands turned round. But as they went through the door, they noticed that they had become adults. The roses from the gutter bloomed at the open windows, and there were their small children's chairs. Kay and Gerda sat down on them and held each other's hands. They had forgotten, like some heavy dream, the cold, empty magnificence of the Snow Queen's palace. Grandmother still sat there in the bright sunshine and was reading aloud from her favorite book. Once upon a time, there was a little boy and a little girl, and they loved each other very much. However, one day, a piece of glass fell into the boy's eye and his heart, and he ran away from home. The little girl, however, decided to follow him. And so Kay and Gerda sat down and listened. There they sat, two grown-ups and yet children, children at heart. And it was summer, warm, wonderful summer. That is the end of The Snow Queen. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me. I had a ton of fun, and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed this adventure we went on together, or if you didn't, uh, please leave a rating or a review. I would love to hear how I can improve the podcast and also what I should read next. Another way to tell me uh, what I should read next or give a suggestion is to follow me on Instagram and give me a, shoot me a DM at uh, it's happily ever after underscore podcast or to email me at happilyeapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you ever so much and I will see y'all next week. Bye now.